Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that. On TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. We have our first finalist after Spain beat Sweden 2-1 in Auckland. The question is, who will they be up against, England or Australia on Sunday? Big preview pod coming up with Serena Wiegmann on the verge of becoming the only coach to make it to a World Cup final with two different teams. The Lioness's boss, though, insists she's not thinking about personal achievements. It's only about the team. When you go to a tournament, you go there to, to win and then you bring it back to just win game by game and approach it game by game. Is that what you're doing? England know they're going to be up against it as they face co-hosts Australia in front of a home crowd, but captain Millie Bright insists that will only spur the Lionesses on. In those moments, fans give you energy. The cheering, the chanting, the boos, whatever that looks like, it's all part of the game. Even though most of the support inside the stadium will be in favour of the co-hosts, Australian manager Tony Gustafsson still thinks his team are the underdogs. If you look at rankings, they're favourites. If you look at where the players play, they have starting players in top clubs and top leagues all over the world. So if you look at all that and you look at resources financially, obviously they are a massive favourite going into this game. We're building up to Australia against England. Loads to get through. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2. I'm Alex Greenwood and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Tuesday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? Have you caught your breath after that final 15, 20 minutes of drama in the Spain-Sweden semi-final? Uh, delighted to say that former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci is with me. Are you all right, Jenna? Yeah, all good here. Thanks, Bay. Excellent. That was quite exhilarating to watch earlier on, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, the last, it was 12 minutes of madness, wasn't it, in the, in the second half? But yeah, I thought... A game of two halves, really, for both teams. But I'm sure we'll dig into that later on in the show. Yeah, we certainly will. We're going to go through Spain-Sweden later, but we are building up to the huge second semi-final clash between England and Australia in Sydney on Wednesday morning. And the goalkeeper's dropped it. It may be Pantomin is! equalises for England. I think Australia have got some great players. They're playing really well. Um, they're aggressive. They play a really direct style of football. Opportunity for Russo inside the penalty area. Finds the corner. Alessia Russo for England. The Lioness 
Chances have turned it around! Obviously, it's the ultimate aim that everyone wants to achieve. There's four teams left in the tournament, so we can't put ourselves a step ahead of anyone. The Lionesses go roaring into the last four, and they are into the semi-finals for a third successive World Cup. I mean, three in a row, that's quite incredible, isn't it, in terms of World Cup semi-finals for the Lionesses, but they've never made it to the World Cup final before and they know they're going to have a tough task ahead of them as they face the hosts in a home stadium sure to be packed with Australian supporters. Talk Sports England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, who's out in Australia, caught up with Serena Wiegmann ahead of the match to find out how the team are preparing. Congratulations, first of all, for reaching the semi-final. How are the preparations gone? A short turnaround, obviously, with the game after Colombia. Yeah, preparations have gone well. Of course, uh, we recovered really well. Took some time and uh, straight, straightforward also to get prepared for tomorrow. So we had the last training session. Everyone's on the pitch. Everyone's fit to play. Um, and yes, it, it's, um, we're ready for tomorrow and very excited for tomorrow. And in terms of who's going into this favourite, sat in the Australia press conference, they seem to think the Lionesses are favourites. How do you see it? Yeah, I think um, that could go both ways. Um, I think they're favourite because they're at home soil. Uh, they have a, a big crowd behind them. So, um, of course, everyone uh, wants them to win. Not everyone. Uh, <laughs> but uh, And I think we all know that we have a very strong squad too. And uh, we have shown uh, a lot of resilience. We have shown we are de- adaptable. And I hope we can show that again tomorrow and play our best game, which makes the chance of winning us uh, higher. In terms of Colombia, I think it was a great experience for the girls. It almost felt like an away game from where we were sat. So do you think that will stand the players in good stead for tomorrow? Yeah, I think there was a great practice for tomorrow because that felt like an away game and we used it also that way. And we were pretty excited about that too. And uh, we expect that tomorrow too. I think our players have experienced to play for big crowd in front of big crowds. <laughs> um, also, of course, home last year, but also in Champions League, they have experienced... Uh, big crowds away and home so um, I, I do think we are we are um, ready for that. And a lot of these players know each other very well playing domestically is that helpful or do you think it's a hindrance because you know as, as well as you know in their strengths and, and weaknesses it's the same way and the other way around? Yeah I think we're just both very well prepared because we know each other really well and we know the individuals really well so what you're trying to do is play your own plan and um, yeah know, know exactly what their strengths are and try to uh, to cover those strengths and, and exploit their weaknesses. And in terms of you, if the, you do make it to a final, you'll be the only coach to make it to a World Cup final with two different nations. Is that something you're aware of? And for you, in, in terms of those accolades personally, again, is it something that you want to achieve or is it more about the team? It's only about the team. And of course, we, now we just want to, want to go to... When you go to a tournament, uh, you, you go there to, to win and then you bring it back to just win game by game and approach it game by game. Is that what you're doing? Um, I'm, I wasn't aware of, well, of course you're aware of that. My focus is totally not on that. It's yeah. about the team. It's about playing your best game and focus on football. That's what we're doing. And then when you when you win a game and you proceed in the tournament, you think, okay, well now we're going to the quarterfinal. Okay, now we're going to the semifinal. Now we really want to win the semifinal because we want to go to the final. That is so Serena Wiegmann, Jenna. She never, ever focuses on herself. It's always about the team first and foremost. It would be an, an incredible achievement. Um, but equally, she's going to be fully aware of what this Australia side did to England in that friendly back in April, which Australia won 2-0. And sh- her focus is fully going to be on getting this team to the final.
Yeah, 100%. I think when you look back at the the friendly back in May, a lot of time has passed. It was a friendly, um, lots of players out for that game as well. So I don't think they'll dwell too much on that at all. But I think, yeah, that interview there just sums Serena up. It's, it's not about her, it's about her team. And I think the Lionesses have kind of um, been all about that. I think even when it was up and down, whether Mead would make the World Cup, she come out and, you know, she kind of ripped that off because it's not a, a one-player team, this 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 England team. there's It needs a whole squad. It needs players on the bench. It, the players not making the squads to, to be a successful team. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Her fully focus is, is on the team and getting that cup home. It's not about just one person, but what a leader to have and an experienced coach, player as well, and someone that all the players are, you know, they believe in her, they believe in her methods and, and it's showing. Yeah, what what are you expecting her to do? We've seen her ring the changes, um, adapt. She's she's spoken very much about each time um, they face a new opponent, it's a brand new game and that's what they're focused on. It's so football cliche. So how is she going to see Australia as an opponent? How is she going to exploit yeah. their weaknesses? Yeah, I think obviously that Australia, there's talk about the their home crown and that's such a big advantage I mean against um when it went to penalties in the last game for Australia that crowd really really got behind had goosebumps the whole match really just listening to that noise so I think it's important for the Lionesses to go out and start on the front foot and try and quieten that crowd down early on I think Australia are defensively solid so can we use our strengths to try and move that defensive line because I think as a defender myself it's what when uh, your your attacking players are moving you in and out of positions, it's an extra thing to think about. So I think a player like Russo, who does like to drop in and come out wide and create that movement up top just to unsettle that back line, I think that would be key for for the Lionesses. But I expect to see her probably start with the same the same way we started against Colombia. Um, in terms of the atmosphere, it's going to be exactly the same. If well, actually, I think. 10 times louder. I was going to say, um, I think it's going to be much louder. Sorry, I take that back. It's going to be 10 times louder. It's going to be, it's probably not going to be a very nice place for them to be playing. Um, they've experienced these crowds on the other hand when they, obviously in the Euros in England last summer, but they've come through so many obstacles to get to where they are, this, this England team. And tomorrow I think it's going to be an even bigger test. Um, they're coming up against players that, Many of them are used to playing against teammates. So I think that could have an advantage. So many of the Australian team do play in the WSL. But yeah, I think on the day, it's about trying to block out that outside noise, that 12th player that Australia will have. Mm, well, England captain uh, Millie Bright knows one of those players in particular very, very well in terms of uh, Sam Kerr. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk spoke to the England captain about the semi-final. Yeah, really excited. Can't wait to get to bed and get to sleep and, and come back tomorrow and yeah, be kicking our semi-final off. But um, obviously as a group, this is the moments that we, we thrive in. Um, we're really excited to come up against a, a really tough team and yeah, I think it's going to be a brilliant game. And you speak about thriving. I think you guys thrived under the atmosphere for Colombia. So, you know, are you looking forward to, to the atmosphere that's going to be in the stadium tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. I think our previous game, like you said, we got a taste for it. And, you know, in those moments, fans give you energy. You know, when you hear the the, the cheering, the chanting, the boos, whatever that looks like, it's all part of the game. And for me, especially as a player, but for us as a team, we really do get energy from that. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing the crowd tomorrow. And ultimately, that's what we want in the game, at a World Cup semi-final. You want the crowd to be buzzing and 
I think it's it's credit to Australia. Um, like I said, the tournament so far has been absolutely amazing and we don't want anything less than a, a full crowd and a great atmosphere. I think it shows the growth of the game. We saw Leah was at the Columbia game. Like, How good is it to have her around camp? And also, is there anything captain to captain she said specifically to you or is it just more general? It's just more general chat and, you know, she's checked in and... It's, it's obviously a hard position because she'd love nothing more to, to be here. But yeah, having her out here has been incredible. And I think it does credit to her. It shows who she is as a person. Um, and yeah, her thoughts on this team. I think it's very clear that she is so passionate for us to be successful. And I think it goes for, for any player, really, that's um, maybe missing out at this tournament. You know, everyone's behind us. And yeah, it's just really nice to have her out here. Going into the game, there's arguments saying Australia are the favourite, the home crowd. England are favourites because of the sort of FIFA rankings and stuff like that. How do you see it or do you even bother seeing it like that? Is it just about the game in front of you? Yeah, honestly, hand on heart, it's just the game in front of us. Listen, everyone's got opinions, everyone's got favourites. That is football, that's life. Um, and I think everyone's entitled to that. But for us as players, it's, you know, getting the right mindset, getting ready for that game and doing absolutely everything we can to, to come out on top. That was the current England captain, Millie Bright, speaking to Courtney Sweetman-Kirk there. And she mentioned Leah Williamson, who, of course, is the captain of the Lionesses, made so by Serena Wiegmann taking over from Steph Horton, Jenna. One of a number of huge misses for this England side, along with uh, Chelsea's Frank Kirby, Arsenal's Beth Mead as well. You know, the, the list kind of goes on, but it feels as if... The Lionesses have done really well despite their lead into the tournament being so injury hit, but great that they're still utilising those players' experiences as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a massive blow to the names you've just listed there, a huge players for this England team and was such a pivotal part of the success last summer. But I think what it does show is that just the depth that we do have in our country and the talent and the the young kids coming through that actually, you know, we've made a semi-final without those key players mm. who were so significant last summer. But yeah, I think it's great that Leah's out there. Um, she's well-respected within the team. And I think even on a, like a personal level for her, I mean, heartbreaking to miss out. It's something you dream of as a kid. She was on such a high along with the other players after winning the Euros to then have your dream snatched away it's heartbreaking so I think to have her around for herself as well and you know to be that that voice that Millie Bright can lean on and just just be there to just to advise as 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 another leader in the team I think it's priceless to have to have her out there in and around the team for sure yeah I agree with you 100% listen this is not going to be the last time I remind you during this show but we have got live commentary on TalkSport 2 as England's Lionesses take on Australia in their semi-final on Wednesday kickoff at 11am UK time build up from 10.30 plenty more to come here on the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 Faker Others and Jenna Scalacci with you. We're going to speak to Courtney Sweetman-Kirk live from Australia in a second and hear from England and Manchester United forward Ella Toon. World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary of England's semi-final clash against Australia in Sydney from 11am UK time on Wednesday. Thanks for being with us. I'm Faker Rothers. Jenna Scalacci, former Tottenham captain, is with me as well. Uh, so preparations are continuing for the second semi-final and the right to meet Spain in Sunday's final. And our England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk has been in the Lionesses camp getting all the latest. How are you doing, Courtney? 
Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Faye. Sydney is still very much living up to expectation. I bet it is. Uh, I know you've been down at Stadium Australia again today. How did everything go? What was the mood like? Are the players looking relaxed? You know all the standard questions we always ask the day before a game. Yeah, I think the players and, and Serena alike look really relaxed. I think excited as well. I think that's the most important thing for me that was coming across. They're very excited about the game, the prospect of playing you know, in front of so many fans as well. Hi, Courtney. It's Jenna. Sidley must be absolutely crazy at the moment. Obviously, a huge, huge game against the co-hosts tomorrow. So what's it actually like out there? Is there a real buzz around the city? Yeah, there's certainly a massive buzz. I think everyone that you speak to is speaking about it now. Um, you know, cab drivers, people in the street, people around the fan parks and, and in the pubs as well, it, it's going to be shown. So, you know, if people can't get that ticket to the stadium, then the pubs are going to be ran full of people watching it as well. Yeah, reports are that a number of Matildas fans have managed to get an access code for the uh, England end of the stadium. What more can you tell us about that? Yeah, Faye, so for those who don't know, that ticket um, code was leaked and I think it's around 2,000 tickets that um, now won't go to the England fans. Not too sure. There's not been much said about it around here, to be honest, but what I will say is I think regardless, the atmosphere is going to be incredible um, in the stadium. It was great for the Columbia game and even though they're outnumbered, the England fans definitely made themselves known. So I think regardless, we're just in for, for a great atmosphere at the game. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be incredible and obviously England now know that if they beat Australia, they're going to be facing Spain in the final. I mean, what a tantalising prospect that is. Yeah, I think it's a a massive prospect everything that happened with Spain before the tournament as well I don't think they would have been expecting to get to the final um, I think England will be confident in the fact that it's a team that you know they've beaten um, so yeah I think look you get to stage of the tournament now where whoever you play in the final it's going to be a tough game yeah, it certainly is. Uh, and I hate to do this to you, Courtney, but we're at that time in the tournament when I want a prediction from you, please. Is it going to be the green and gold celebrating or England and Sweet Caroline blasting out through the Stadium Australia speakers? Yeah, for me, it's the most confident I've felt throughout the tournament. The, the going into the Nigeria games, the Columbia games, I was really nervous and, and almost predicted what was going to happen. Um, but actually, at the moment, I'm really calm. I, I know there's a lot around this game and people are making out that English and Australian rivalry which I do get and but I think that's much more prevalent in other sports you know as as the Lionesses have said and, and some of the Australians have said I don't think that's really in existence um, within women's football so look it's a massive occasion it's a massive game for the Australians but I just feel like the experience will shine through for the Lionesses. Yep certainly will do thank you Courtney see you later. Thanks Faye thanks for having me. England will still be without Lauren James on Wednesday. She continues to serve her two-match ban after picking up a red card for stepping on Nigeria's Michelle Alozi. Uh, it was Manchester United's Ella Toon who took her place in the starting lineup for the quarter-final against Colombia. Courtney caught up with the England forward to find out how she's feeling about facing the home nation. First of all, how are you? Have you recovered from the Colombia game? Yeah, just about. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling really good. Uh, the whole team is in a good place and yeah we're really looking forward to the semi-final now and about that game the atmosphere having to come from behind how well do you think that will stand you know against Australia in terms because you know there's going to be a lot of Australian fans in that stadium yeah we're definitely used to the fans being against us by now um, it's felt like an away game every time we've played here but definitely used to it um, the Columbia fans were, were so loud but we know that we have our fans back at home supporting us we have 
our family and friends in the crowd as well, which makes it that bit easier. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely been put up against that before and we know how to deal with it and it's something that we don't let get in the way. Um, we just get on with the game plan and, yeah, uh, believe in ourselves. And in terms of the performances as well, do you think now you're peaking at the right time, steadily improving? Um, and is that what you wanted to do, peak at the right time for the tournament? Yeah, of course. It's tournament football. You can't peak too soon. Um, but I think we've just got better and better each game and that's what it's all about. It's about coming together, um, performances improving and that's what we've done. We've found different ways to win. We've been, been put up against different challenges that have got in the way, but we've not let that affect us as a team. We've we've had the right mentality, we've had that belief and yeah, we we just want to work hard every time we step out onto the pitch and those performances keep getting better. And that Australia game, I don't know if you heard it, you might have done in the stadium, the penalties, everything you know, was going mad round the stadium. But them going to extra time and penalties, do you think that gives you a little bit of an advantage going into this game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a lot harder for them playing playing longer and having the penalty shootout as well mentally is is difficult. But I think we have to focus on ourselves before anything else. And for us, it was a it's a quick turnaround, and we have to make sure that physically we're a hundred percent ready for the next game. And I think we've done that really well. We're all very focused and wanting to get a hundred percent feeling right mentally, physically as well. So the recovery started straight away after the game. And yeah, we can. Of course, they went to extra time, but all we need to focus on is ourselves. And lastly, on Serena, she was very animated when she came um, into the flash zone after the game. She was buzzing. Did she let you see that side, you girls, or was she calm and composed? Yeah, I mean, in the huddle after the game, she always shows that side. Um, you have to celebrate those wins. Um, you've got to celebrate them in the moment, and then the focus switches straight away. But, yeah, you definitely see that after the game. You see that... When you celebrate, when the final whistle goes, you always see her hugging everyone and celebrating with the fans, which is nice. Um, we're human and sometimes you need to celebrate little wins in football. Um, but yeah, then she's straight back focused and, and ready for the next game and preparing as well for that. That was Manchester United and England forward Ella Toon speaking to Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. Um, Jenna, how do you feel... Ella got on on Saturday. I feel as if she's come in for quite a bit of criticism in the tournament so far. Yeah, I think obviously in the opening two games, it, she wasn't really that involved, that effective in those areas. I think obviously when Lauren James come in, she really added just something a little bit different. And I think she's come up against tough competition in Lauren James, given you know she's haven't had the tournament of her life so far, obviously before the red card. And I think you know her getting to... to to start again against Colombia, I think she would have been hungry for it. And I think it was a much improved performance. I think especially in the last 30 minutes, um, I felt she was combining well in those areas. I thought her movement was good. Um, and maybe she needed that. You know, sometimes when you are pulled from the from the lineup, you, is, you do sit down and you do reflect on it. And I think she she looked a lot more hunger on the pitch, a lot more involved. So I think maybe that would could have been a blessing in disguise for her actually being benched for the, for those games. Um, obviously, no Lauren James available for tomorrow, so it's better to, to start in that number 10 role again. Yeah, I think so. I was talking to Leanne Sanderson. She was doing the commentary of, of Spain-Sweden earlier on, and she is, is calling for Jordan Nobbs still, uh, which a number of people have done as well. You've mentioned Jordan Nobbs a number of times as well. But I, I just wondered whether in this new formation that Serena Wiegmann is, is playing, that the reason... Ella Toon's balls aren't getting into the box as much is because Lauren Hemp is now kind of playing that role in and around supporting Alessia Russo with your coach's hat on what do you make of it? 
Yeah, I think Lauren Hemp and I think Russo have combined well because we've seen um, Russo so many times now dropping in. She's not just that, you know, that number nine striker. She likes to come come in to support and she's her, her vision and her ability to spray the ball once she's got her back to goal and has come in to receive it out wide. It works well with Hemp and um, when Kelly's on just to spray spray the passes in the wide channels. But I think it's worked well. I think they're, they're very fluid up top. We haven't just got Russo staying in the box out there. Um, but no, I think it's worked well. And I think Russo is going to be key tomorrow against um, Australia, her movement especially, and then moving those defenders when she does drop in. Because as a defender, sometimes you're caught in two minds. Do you go with the player or do you pass her on? And I think that's one way that we could break down this really tough Australian defence is that movement across the front line between those attacking players. Yeah, it definitely feels as if we need a little bit more creativity to break them down. Obviously, we know what Australia can do defensively, but is is there a, an additional spark maybe that, that we need to see off the bench? Yeah, I think, you know, we're so used to being blessed with Russo and Toon coming off the bench during the Euros and, and doing absolute bits for the Lionesses last summer. But obviously the, the games that we've had in the World Cup, not one of them's been easy at all. They've been really, really difficult. And I think some of the games, it's hard to make an impact um, just where the games have been so so tight and there's not been much in them at all. And you you are looking for that little spark to come off and 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 set the game alive. And we haven't really seen that. But I think that's down to the 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 quality, the quality of opponents, the the kind of tenseness in each and every game we've seen. It's they've not looked comfortable at all. Um, but they've grown and they've 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 got they've survived to get to the semi-final. Um but we definitely do have the players who can come off and, and create that spark. Chloe Kelly, I think, you know, she's she's been good coming off from the bench. Um, she's got that ability to unlock. I think Beth England as well has done well when she's come on, albeit against Colombia. She came on just to kill the game off. But I think she does add something from the bench, just being that number nine that can stay in the box and cause problems. Um, and she's a player that can create something out of nothing. Um Obviously, Lauren James is probably our key player for that. But hopefully we get through. We'll see her in the in the final. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers fingers crossed. Uh, this is the Women's <laughs> World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Jenna Scalacci with you. Coming up next, we're going to hear how England's opponents, Australia, are preparing for their first ever World Cup semi-final. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. TalkSport have live commentary of all England's remaining games across the network. Thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Rothers and Jenna Scalacci, former Tottenham captain, is with me as well. So, England and Australia, rich in sporting rivalry, whether it be in cricket, netball and tomorrow, football, even though Serena Wiegmann doesn't quite understand and the rivalry uh, coming from the Netherlands. Aside from a 6-1 thrashing of China in the group stages, England have really had to dig deep throughout the tournament, but they're now preparing for a third consecutive World Cup semi-final. Australia are the only side to have beaten England under Serena Wiegmann, having won 2-0 in a friendly at Brentford's GTEC Community Stadium back in April. So let's take more of an in-depth look at England's opponents and what threats they might pose. Uh, so since reco- recovering from a calf injury, Sam Kerr's been utilised as a substitute in Australia's last two games, but is expected to be given her first start of the tournament for Wednesday's semi-final. The back four have been really solid as well. Ellie Carpenter, Claire Hunt, Alana Kennedy and Steph Catley will be looking to help their country keep a fourth consecutive clean sheet, which is pretty impressive. And as Australia's current top scorer with three goals at the tournament, Real Madrid's summer signing Hayley Rasso is going to be providing a meaningful goal threat from the right flank as well. Let's hear from deep inside their camp, shall we? Australia and West Ham goalkeeper Mackenzie Arnold was up in the press conference alongside her manager, Tony Gustafsson. The players have done a phenomenal job to come down from the emotional highs after the, the quarterfinal. Um, key words was reset and recover. I think they've done that well. Um, we looked at a lot of details in terms of prepping for, for England. We know it's going to be an extremely tough uh, semi-final, but with amazing support from our amazing fans, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. So I'm also very, very excited. Not concerned about what we've done is we've focused on recovery. So each player has followed an individual plan between the games. Some have done more football than others. It's all about being as fresh as possible for, for the game tomorrow. When it comes specifically to Sam, um, she pushed through more minutes than we um, hoped for, to be honest. Uh, one of the reasons why we kept her on the bench was that we were uncertain how many minutes she had coming back from, from that calf injury, but also the limited training minutes she had. Uh, the way she pushed through was fantastic and impressive, uh, both from a mental and physical aspect. She recovered well. Uh, she trained today, uh, so she's available. will be... Uh, a meeting tonight again to see again the best starting 11 and best finishing 11 and whether we plan for 90 minutes or plan for an extra time and those type of decisions will be some tough decisions tonight again but Sam is definitely available for selection. I mean being knocked out by anyone is kind of unthinkable I think yeah we would there's probably a lot of English people that would love to see us knocked out by England but I think there's more Australians that would love to see England knocked out by us so um in terms of the rivalry, again, we have such big rivalry, rivalries with so many different countries, so um, it's just another game for us. Um, obviously, England are such a top team, like Tony's been talking about, but um, we've been taking one game at a time and it seems to be working for us so far, so that will be the same tomorrow night. In terms of 
favoritism and, and who's the favorites, I think I'll, I'll leave it to you guys to, to speculate and write about that. Um, you're much better than me on, on that. That's, that's your expertise. If you look at rankings, their favorites, if you look at where their players play, they have starting players in top clubs, in top leagues all over the world, not just the 11, they have like 15, 16. And then you compare to us, we have bench players in those teams. Uh, we have players playing in, in A-League, we have players playing in mid-table teams in Sweden. So if you look at all that and you look at resources financially, obviously they are a massive favorite going into this game. Uh, but if you then add the belief we have, but the one thing that we have that don't, they don't have is the support and the belief from the fans. And that itself is going to be massive tomorrow. Interesting fighting talk there from Tony Gustafsson. I do think we have the belief of the fans, Jenna Scalacci, and I'm not sure whether Mackenzie Arnold's going to be uh, let back into West Ham with that kind <laughs> of fighting talk either. I mean, you expect it from the Aussies, don't you, for, for sure. And have they maybe been a bit of a surprise package in this tournament because there was so many, there was so much excitement about them building into it, then they lose their talismanic striker in Sam Kerr and then everybody just thinks, oh no, that's it. And they look like they're about to go out um, at the group stage. And it, they've just had a little bit more momentum again now. Yeah, I think, you know, they, they got out of actually what was quite a difficult group. I think obviously the loss tonight to Nigeria was a big blow to their hopes of progressing. when Because Canada were the next team that they had to play against. Now, Canada, you know, Olympic gold medalists. I think on paper you'd back Canada to win, but they come for it, totally turned it around and, and won 4-0. So I think ever since that result, that's kind of been the catalyst for them to then go on and, you know, kick on throughout this tournament. And manager highlights it there. What they have that nobody else has is that absolutely unreal support from the Australian fans. And, you know, their story, their journey has really swept their country, you know, that You've seen all the fan parks. I don't know if you saw the, the aeroplane that were watching the penalties mm. and the whole all of the passengers jumped out of their seats while watching the penalties. So they do have that on their side. And I think given the way they started the tournament, it, it some may feel it is a surprise that they have made it to this far. But now they're in a, a situation where I think they, they've got that slight advantage given the crowd and, you know, they've been taking it game by game. They believe in themselves. I think that victory against France on penalties was absolutely huge for them. Yeah. You know, France, a top, top team. And I felt when it got to penalties, that it was going to go no other way than Australian winning just because of that that noise behind them that they had. And, you know, Mackenzie Arnold in goal was just a, a figure of, you know, she was huge. She was confident. And we spoke about our keepers being such a key part of this tournament so far. But boy, did she put in a performance in that penalty shootout. Well, yeah, I mean, to take the penalty herself, which we yeah. know she's more than capable of doing. We've seen her do it before. But at the same time, to do that, then have to get straight back into in goal and, and take part in the sudden death aspect of it was quite incredible. But let, let's talk about Sam Kerr because, you know, other, other players have been on the score sheet, which is really important for Australia. Are we expecting her to, to start tomorrow? She's obviously their captain, their star striker, and Chelsea's star striker. Striker. So, you know, many England fans over here will know exactly who she is and what she's capable of. Yeah, I think obviously you'd want, she is the face of this this World Cup, isn't she? She's the star player. It's all been about Sam Kerr in the build-up to, to the World Cup. And so unfortunate that she obviously picked up that injury, the calf injury, just before the first game. Um, for me, I don't know if she will start tomorrow. I think she played 60 minutes with the extra time 
against France, and that may have been a little bit longer than they might have planned in a in bringing her back in. Um, for me, I think you'd rather on the pitch towards the end of the game. If it does go to extra time, if it is close, if it does go to pens, I think she's a player that will come on and obviously we all know what she can do. Mm. I think maybe to start her might be a risk, just given that she hasn't played the 90 minutes yet. She's not that, she's not game fit. I wouldn't say, I think she still looks a little bit resty, but, uh, rust, resty? Rusty? Rusty, sorry. <laughs> I think having I mean, her a bit of a rest. like she did against France. <laughs> a bit rusty, a bit rusty. But yeah, I think, for me, I think she'll start again on the bench and then come on as that impact player. Mm. Like, I think the England defender, defenders will hate to see her come on. Um, but for me, I think maybe... I don't think she will be a starter tomorrow. Although you do say you'd rather a player like Sam Kerr come on half fit, but her teammates have proved that without her, they they can be just as effective. But I also think it's quite important, and we saw it in the Spain-Sweden game, which we'll analyse shortly, you know, that that it's the finishers that are important. And we've seen so many of these knockout games go to extra time and penalties that actually, I I think you're exactly right, it would be too much of a risk to to start her. I'm quite fascinated about how England are going to try and break down this solid defence, three consecutive uh, clean sheets. We, We mentioned it earlier on in terms of being a little bit more more uh, creative but do you think Serena Wiegmann could use a back five so that um, Alex Greenwood can protect Rachel Daly a little bit more when you've got you know the marauding former Manchester City winger uh, Hayley Rasso playing down the right yeah she's on fire at the minute isn't she for Australia but but I don't I don't see Serena changing it I thought if she was going to change it she would have changed it in that Columbia match but she hasn't she's stuck with the, the back three and the win back so I don't think we'll see many changes there. I think she'll look to concentrate on our strengths on how they can break that down. I think it's key that just looking at the back line of the Australian team, they've got a lot of physical presence in that back four. So I think balls from out wide being swung into the box, I think we need to limit them because I think aerially the Australian back line are, are very strong. Um, Russo's strong, but I think, you know, you've got Alana Kennedy and Hunt there, the two centre-backs that have are great in the air as well. So I think the key for us is to try and break them down, keep the ball on the floor and, you know, technically one, two touches in and around that box. Can you break them down that way? Yeah, we we, we talked about the crowd as well and how important they could be. And the World Cup's not just held the attention of many English fans back here, but it's also taken the Australian nation by storm. And the Matildas have never had such a successful World Cup. Home fans really getting behind the team as they look to go all the way. Australian football journalist Francis Leach caught up with Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker earlier on today to find out how the Matildas have been capturing the hearts of the nation down under. The scenes last Saturday night around the country uh, during that dramatic penalty shootout were were, um, were literally unprecedented. There were you know, there were, uh, countless tales of how the entire country stopped to watch, including you know, some of our major domestic football codes uh, delaying events and having it on big screens in stadiums and, and coaches in the AFL uh, delaying their press conferences after their matches so they could watch the penalty shootout. And, and that's a big thing because football in this country has often had to play second fiddle to the domestic codes, and some of the domestic codes, like the Aussie rules, have been quite aggressively uh, punching down on football as a sport that they feared because of its its universal appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've certainly had to give way on that in the last few weeks as the Matildas have swept the country by storm. Tomorrow night, the whole country will uh, be either at large stadiums uh, watching on screens. Um, I think they're, they're looking to have three 
full football stadium tomorrow in Sydney, obviously the, the Olympic Stadium, the Sydney Football Stadium, which has just been rebuilt in the last few years, which hosts rugby league and, and A-League football and other, and other brands of, uh, of domestic football, and the Parramatta Stadium where the Western Sydney Wanderers uh, play out of in the western suburbs of Sydney, which also holds about 40,000 people. So they're expecting all of those stadiums to be full uh, to watch the game because people want to share the experience together. Yeah, they certainly do, and we've seen them do it, as you mentioned, Jenna, all watching and cheering on a plane, which is quite incredible. How much would it mean to the nation if they do make it to the final? Oh, it's going to be everything. I think we, we saw it firsthand, didn't we, last summer, the effect of, you know, your women's team going on to lift a trophy. I think this Australian team of a packed full of stars, the na- they've taken the nation's hearts, they've got everyone behind them, everyone's just fascinated by this this Australian team and I think when you've got a player like Sam Kerr obviously who's been the face of the team for so so long um it's it's just capturing the nation isn't it and I think for the, for, for young girls coming through in Australia to play football um for, for women in general on and off the pitch and what it's doing globally if if they go on and and, and lift that cup in in their home country, it's going to change the game again in their country like it has for us. Yeah, it very much will do. But as an England fan, let's hope it doesn't come to that, much as I would love to see that happen in Australia. Let's keep all our fingers crossed (laughs) for the Lionesses. We're allowed to be partisan on this pod. It's absolutely fine. Uh, You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. Jenna Scalacci is with me. Coming up, we're going to round up all the action from the semi-final match, which saw Spain book their place in their first ever World Cup final. Cup Daily Show in association with Zero, small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women. Dream bigger. If you miss this episode live or duck in halfway through, don't worry, we're also available on podcast. Plenty of places you can download us first, though. Head to the TalkSport app to find us. Right, so we now have our first confirmed finalist for the 2023 World Cup. The first semi-final saw Sweden, ranked third in the world, face sixth-ranked Spain. But world rankings mean little at this stage in the competition or in this tournament as a whole to be fair and one game was going to decide all of this uh, for these two teams for Spain history had already been made before this World Cup they'd never won a knockout game in a major tournament previously Sweden had come closest to World Cup glory back in 2003 when they lost out to Germany in the final but the title has always remained just out of their reach let's hear how it all sounded on TalkSport 2 earlier today It is crunch time at the 2023 Women's World Cup. Hermoso trying to spin and turn. Clever pass backwards to Carmona, who drives it from range, and it's just beyond the near post. Spain so close to the opening goal. Here comes Spain, crossing from the left by Hermoso. Redondo is there, couldn't poke it home, but she puts it wide at the second attempt. Towards Navarro, Paranoela puts it in the bottom corner. Super sub! Frida Lina Rolfo hooks in a deep cross. Lina Hurtig is there to nod it down. Here's the chance! It's 1-1! Sweden have equalised with two and a half minutes to go! Corner for Spain. Amaliera takes it. Edge of the box. Carmona curls it! And it's in! Would you believe it? The captain has surely won it for Spain! Just seconds after Sweden had got the equaliser, the final whistle is blown! History for Spain! through to the final of a Women's World Cup for the first time ever. They have beaten Sweden by two goals to one. 
I mean, the game completely came to life. It was Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson on commentary, by the way, on TalkSport 2. And they'll be on commentary duty for the second semi-final, which sees England play Australia on Wednesday morning. Um, let me just make you feel really old before we dissect this game, because um, I talked about it being a squad game, didn't I? And, and that your finishing players can be more important than your starters. And the substitute, Salma Paralueo, who uh, scored the winner in the last in the quarterfinal as well um, and then got the opening goal of this match was born in 2003 I mean if you want to feel old that's going to make you feel old I was in Australia in 2003 20 years ago FYI and it was also (laughs) when Sweden last got to the final and you know I said this in commentary earlier on it very much feels as if they are always the bridesmaid never the bride and this was such a big opportunity for them yeah, I mean, it, I, th- I was settling down, ready for it to go to extra time until the last, Same. obviously the last <laughs> ten minutes. But yeah, for Sweden, I feel like they might feel this is an opportunity loss, especially given the first half. I thought they had a number of opportunities, but the, their execution in the final third just wasn't good enough. I felt they got their game plan spot on in terms of, you know, they allowed Spain to, to enjoy the ball, to have the possession that we know that Spain liked to have. They had sixty-eight possession in the first half. But I thought what Sweden did really well is they let them have it. They won the ball back and then they countered. You know, there was a lot of opportunities where it was a 3v3 situation or 3v2, but they just got the wrong decision. The last ball, the last shot, it just wasn't good enough. Mm. And I think they should have capitalised while they were on top in that first half and they didn't. And and it looked like it was going to go into extra time. And then, yeah, last last 10 minutes the teenager comes on 19 years old I mean what an impact substitution thought the Spanish manager got the subs changed the game spot on and yeah that the young Parallelo unreal against Japan and again is the difference today Um, and then two and a half minutes left you get the equaliser and what a response from Carmina and the Spanish team but I think again we spoke so much about the small details being the difference in these matches and again it was a set piece a corner Sweden switched off for one second and they allowed Carmona that space on the ball Mm. I think Muzovic will be disappointed she didn't do better but just by switching off for that half a second they were punished yep they'll be disappointed for sure but as you say because Blomqvist had got them back into it I feel as if they 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 just weren't alert from the kickoff were they you know what took 90 seconds two minutes uh, for Spain to go on and get the winner and you know we've talked a lot on this pod about what happened with Spain off the field coming into this tournament 15 players uh, writing to the federation to uh, protest against the manager Jorge Vilda and three of them have come back into the side since then but it feels as if they've parked all of that completely on the pitch yeah they I mean they had to didn't they I think for them to get to a final given what's been going on off field and the team that they brought to this to the World Cup leaving so many of their key senior players at home it's incredible and I think yeah that does show that they've they've had to park it for this for this tournament and they've had to get together. They've come through difficult moments themselves. Just think back to, 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 to their defeat in the group stages, you know, they bounced back, they matured. And I think ultimately today, I thought in the second half, they looked a lot more dangerous when they were counter-attacking. They didn't get the numbers forward, but when they were on the attack, they looked a lot dangerous. And 
and when it mattered they they produced and you know you say when, once you score a goal you're, you're most vulnerable and that was the case for Sweden they switched off from the mm. kickoff like you mentioned and then fair play to, to, to Spain they trust in the set pieces that they've worked on and it was just that millisecond that has cost Sweden a place in the finals. Yeah, Spain, though, going on to contest their first ever World Cup final. They'll face either England as or Australia. What, what kind of challenge are they going to pose? Whoever gets through, let's pretend for now it's England. <laughs> OK, let's, let's remain neutral then. I think, <laughs> obviously, going forward, they're... They're very, very gifted. They've got some real individual talent on their team. And and their their strengths are when they're pressing high with the numbers, when they do get bodies up. But I think looking at the other side, I think they look very vulnerable in defence. They're, they're, they're partial to a goal. I think when they do commit those numbers forward, they leave themselves vulnerable for teams that can counter. I think that would suit either Australia or England if they were to meet them. So I think, yeah, obviously in attack, they're very, very dangerous, but... I think we saw in the first half, Sweden were defensively solid. They had numbers back. They outnumbered the Spanish attackers and they dealt with it. They limited Spain to shots outside the box. Um, Spain actually only had two shots on target and they scored from both of them in the last 10 minutes. So I think, you know, if you can limit them, if you can remain um, solid and organised, disciplined in defence, then I think you've always got a chance to, to score against this Spanish team. Yeah, word on the golden boot. The top five goal scorers at this tournament are now all out, although Sweden's Amanda Illestead will still play in the bronze medal match. Japan's Hinata Miyazawa currently leads the race with five goals. Jenny Hermoso, Alba Redondo and Aitana Bonmati of Spain have all scored three goals each and Lauren James and Australia's Hayley Rasso are the other players left in the competition who have three goals goals apiece. I mean, these players now need to score two or more in their remaining games to be within a chance of winning the golden boot. Is that even on players' minds at this point? Do you think personal achievements like this run through their their heads at all? Uh, I don't think so. I think when you get to this stage, it's all about the team. I think all the, the players have grown up in this generation now where it is all about the team. It's not just one player. So I, I don't think they'll be focused on that. I think now they're they're about to reach, you know, the pinnacle of their career and get into a final and lifting the World Cup. So for me, I think that is on that's on their mind. That's their where all their focus is. And if they happen to lift up the golden boot while they're doing it, fab. But I don't think they'll put all their thought processes into getting that that golden boot. No, I'm sure. I could be wrong. I'm not a striker, though. Well, I know, but it's an added incentive, isn't it? Particularly when you get into the final. Uh, Jenna, an absolute pleasure as always. Take care. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Faye. Thank you to Jenna Scalacci, Joe Shannon, Serena Viegman, Millie Bright, Ella Toon, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Francis Leach, producers Maya Anuma, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the shows live, you can download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app. Our next live show is on Wednesday at 6pm, where we'll reflect on all the action from the Lionesses' semi-final match against Australia. Next here on TalkSport 2, live and exclusive EFL commentary as Barnsley take on Peterborough. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.